Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. Welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Mike Coscarelli. Hello, everybody. Yeah, the crazy weekend. So uh, you're drinking now? You're drinking a bunch of Bud Lights? I'm drinking way too much. I usually don't drink that much, but this last, like, two, three weeks, I've just been off the fucking... I've been out of control. You look good, though. Yeah, you want to keep it nice and slightly like a cold pudding. That's what an ab is supposed to feel like. A cold, nice, chilled pudding. That's the bread basket. (laughs) Something you can really grab onto and shake. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Don't get turning me on now, Mike. (laughs) Leave it alone. All right, I'll stop. We were in, uh, so we haven't recorded. I've been traveling for the weekends. Yes, you're uh, successful now. Trying to be, but I think technically we kind of are. We were in Atlanta last weekend for live last podcast on the left with Henry and Marcus. We sold out that rock venue. It was unbelievably fun. The fans were incredible. The drugs and the alcohol. I didn't partake in either of those, but I heard from a little bird in my ear that they tasted amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Usually they do. It was just word of mouth. I right. swear to God. Um, and uh, so that was a very good time. And then this past weekend, we were at the Kennedy Center. Yeah. John F. Kennedy. He was a president for a little while, and then something went wrong. Mm-hmm. Some terrible event occurred. I don't know what it was. Ah. But either way, we're at the Kennedy Center, which was remarkable. The idea that we do a borderline, um, well, Henry is without a doubt a uh, Satanist, a secular humanist. Legitimately. And legitimately. Wow. He can't get enough of the guy or the entity or the ideas that go behind secular uh, humanism, right. which, by the way, are completely on par with a lot of um, libertarian ideals, such as self-reliance, <laughs> self-independence, not relying on other people for your greater, uh, for your success, um, and uh, and treating everyone as if they, uh, you know, treating everyone with, treating everyone with a little bit of respect. That's what Satanism entails. Secular humanism. All right. Yeah. So we're there. Something. Yeah, we're we're learning something <laughs> new every day. Port City it was an amazing beer that was a company that they they sponsored the whole event. Uh, well, they sponsored the drinks that we drank. Mm-hmm. That well, they gave us free beer, so that was nice. It's great. And I met Judd Apatow, sweet guy, mm-hmm. all around good fella. He doesn't remember meeting me, but I remember meeting him. We told I was talking to um, the head guy of the whole comedy festival, and uh, this was on Friday night. I did this show with Mike Still, who's a great improviser. Wonderful guy. He lives out in Los Angeles, so his life is better than ours. Mm. But you know what? Does he see as much trash on the street as we do? I don't think so. I doubt it. So if, like, happiness is measured by how much trash you walk over on the street on a daily basis, we're the happiest people on earth. And in this case, trash can include human beings as well. In New York City, if a lot of human trash. If they're dead, mm-hmm. you know, what is trash other than something that is no longer needed? Exactly. And what do we do? You can't. What can you do with a corpse? Not step well. Over it. We won't even go into what you could. <laughs> we could. We could all. Uh, we could go down a Dahmer hole uh-huh. with that one. So I'm talking to the guy who runs the entire comedy festival. He finds out I'm Ben Kissel from last podcast on the left. And before he was treating me okay, you know, he was just like, "Oh, hello. No, you look like kind of a huge guy. Do you have breasts under there? You know, kind of weird." Mm-hmm. And then he found out I was with last podcast on the left. And his eyes lit up like he just took a whole bunch of acid, like he was Doc Ellis trying to pitch a no-hitter. And he was like, you're Ben Kissel, last podcast on the left. You guys sold out faster than anybody. We sold out, uh, I think it's about a 300-seater, maybe a 200-seater. Either way, there was a lot of seats. A lot of seats. We sold it out in like 20 minutes, which was remarkable. We sold it out faster than uh, some of the bigger names that were there. I guess we. So we were on par with them. So D.C. was incredible, and uh, we saw some of the monuments. 
They're big. They're huge. They're huge. Yeah. Yep. Very exciting stuff. You see the Abraham Lincoln. He's just sitting there. But he's big. He's big. It's an inspiration for you, don't you think? Yeah, you can imagine how much taller he would be if they had him uh, with his standing up with his pants down. Oh, God. That, that's a good monument for of a president. It would have to have a, the no roof. It'd just be open. Don't even bother standing with him. Standing Abraham Lincoln, no standing pants. Standing proud Abraham Lincoln. Make it a waterfall. Mm. Uh, it could be beautiful and wonderful. So D.C. was, uh, yeah, it was an incredible time. Did Red Eye. I mean, what else is going on? I mean, Mike, I, there's just so many things. I'm so exhausted. Yeah. You know what I find? When I fly, I'm doing party rows all over town. Yeah. A party row, for those that don't know, when you are flying to places, you're not just sitting there on some Airbus, okay? You're not sitting there on some, um, you know, just really unattractive car when it's on the tarmac. It's, mm -hmm. just a, it's just a dumb car. Yeah, it's just a dumb car. Just a dumb car. You are on a party row. You're in a party plane and let the party begin. Mm -hmm. So we got to... We had a hell of a time yeah. eating Gardettos. What is a Gardetto? A Gardetto? The little bag snacks? You don't I've, know what a Gardetto is? I've only been on a plane one time. You're Italian. This yeah. is your Chex Mix. I guess so. Gardetto sounds pretty Italian. It has to be. It ends with a vowel, right? It's not German. Right. No, Chex Mix is what the normal person eats. The Italians, they're Gardetto nuts. But what is, are they nuts? They're actually, or we're saying not we're nuts. nuts. Italians are Gardetto nuts. Italians are a great group of people, but Gardettos well, are their Chex Mix. Okay. There's no denying that. And yes, we had Gardettos and we had uh, multiple whiskeys. Well, and on the I, I, know, I know what whiskey is. You know what whiskey yeah. is, of course. On the flight back... We were going, uh, it was a very short flight, D.C., back to New York City. It's about 35 minutes in the air total. Maybe yeah. a little bit longer. Either way, you could watch a sitcom on a half. So you could see, you know, you would, if you started Family Matters, you know, you could, you could maybe watch episode one, maybe episode two. But there's no way you're getting to when Laura was trying to be, uh, you know, get, get sweet with Stephen Arkell because she didn't know that was Urkel. Did I do that? Did you do that? That's a hell of a catchphrase. Yeah, it was. We've got a show. Let's build around it. Yeah. Build a whole show around a Did catchphrase. Did I do that? Now we've got something to work with. You know what? Can he wear suspenders? He can. I, okay. I'm starting to come together for me. What about- If you think about it, Stephen Urkel, mm -hmm. Urkel, he was the first black nerd. Of you look course. at what uh, you know Westbrook dresses like, and Kevin yeah. Durant at every press conference. Of course, they're the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm -hmm. uh, point uh, power forward, I believe, and point guard. They dress like Urkel. Yeah, Urkel was the first one. He started a whole trend. Odd Future, a great, uh, great rap group. They yeah. all dress like Urkel. Yeah, and you know that the Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant—they were not nerds. They're pretend nerds. Those guys were hooking up with chicks, oh winning basketball God. games in high school. They they were probably the coolest guys in school. Don't even get me going on the people talk about. We've talked about cultural appropriation. Justin Timberlake is in trouble right now because he applauded somebody for speaking uh, positively against racism. He's apparently that was cultural appropriation. <laughs> but you talk about a real culture that's been appropriated. Nerds. Nerds, yeah. Oh, my God. If you're a true nerd, you were bullied every day of your life. I was bullied quite a bit as well, but I never identified as a nerd. But if you're a true nerd and you were like, you know, in your basement playing D&D &D before D&D &D was cool, before Game of Thrones made dragons the hippest thing of all time, right. women are in love with guys who like dragons. These are kids in the 80s that if they went outside, they would just immediately get hit with a baseball bat. Yes. And yeah. now they are just pulling the hottest cheerleaders in their high schools, which and there's still a group of nerds 
yeah. that are that are completely uh, outclassed now. So the one, so some of the nerd girls that maybe would have gone with the true nerd, they they have another option. They can get with the star basketball player who is also the king of D and D at whatever high school they're at. It's just too much. It's too pick much. Pick basketball or or Dungeons and Dragons or the trombone, something. Pick got, either be nerdy or be the cool guy. Those are the choices. We have to live in a more black and white world. That's why everyone's so confused. Hashtag Brexit. Yeah. Don't even get me going on Brexit. Yeah. We'll talk about that much further in great detail. And Abe Lincoln's top at the political show I do on Cave Comedy Radio. Yeah, the one where you I don't want to bore I don't want to bore Mike with the uh, the insanity uh, of all this. Hearing about it for the last five days. Yeah, you're done. Non-stop. You you work at WABC. I think you've heard enough too about much. Brexit. Uh, I just still can, cannot care. No, I mean I care. I love it, but yeah. we'll talk. Yeah, we'll save that for another show, mm-hmm. a different time. But the nerd culture, it is gone forever. I actually heard somebody describe themselves as a football nerd. You can't be a football nerd. Oh, well, hold on. You're not allowed to be. I think that you're wrong about that. I How think am that... I wrong about that? So, all right. Bill's, are you saying like Bill Simmons? Maybe he's a sports nerd? Bill Simmons is an exception because he's uh, exceptionally entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like He's a guy that I think would, would do great at a cocktail party. He could talk to people about a lot of things that aren't isn't just sports. But Maybe. He, he If you water down Bill Simmons and you just take a guy who... There's plenty of people that... Because I think to be a nerd, you have to be obsessed with some thing, right? So you could sure. be a music nerd. You could be a, a, a... There has to be one point of focus, though. And if they get you off of that focus, then you actually have to act like a nerd. Right. Like an isolated person who does, does not know how to communicate with others. Right. That was the definition of a nerd for millennia. Yes. And that is very... Uh, at least, I don't know about the rest of the country. I'd imagine the rest of the country. But the Northeast, sports talk radio is filled with callers calling in from Poughkeepsie, New, uh, New sure. York, who are sports nerds who literally can't talk about anything else. They can't sure. talk about anything but the Mets or the Giants. or And that's it. You get, try to get a regular conversation. Yeah. They can't do it. It reminds me of the movie. One of, one of a, I thought it was a great movie. Under the Radar, Patton Oswalt, regardless of what you think of him on Twitter. Um, Controversial. Which, he can be a little bit uh, like... Just say something nice every now and again. Would you please, God, why are you so mean to everybody on the internet? But he's like, I, I've never met him, but I've heard he's a great guy. And he's very funny in that show, Lady Dynamite. I'm loving that. He's lady. funny all the time. I, Pat yeah. Oswalt's amazing. Sports nerds, he played a great one in the movie Big, Big Fan. Fan. Yeah. And uh, it ends, it, the conclusion of that movie is really perfectly diabolical because it actually, I don't, I don't want to ruin it. Go watch it because the end, I don't, that's one of those movies where if you do get the spoiler at the end, I, I don't want to cheat him out of it. Yeah. And although it's been around for, I think, like a decade now. So it's been around for a minute. Yeah. But it's all, yeah, so sports nerds, sure. So you have to be able to only talk about the one subject that you're truly obsessed about mm-hmm. because you have to be on the spectrum. That's, that's the exactly, whole thing about being a nerd. right, yeah. You gotta be. So you, I mean, I, I, that's why I can't be a nerd. I like too many things. Yeah. And I'm also six foot seven, and I'm sorry. I'm isolated. I'm the biggest weirdo that's ever been. You know, people are, you know, women talk about getting catcalled. I want to do a nine-hour video where a camera follows me around New York. You wouldn't believe what people shout at me. It's it's bonkers how just inappropriate people can be. But I've learned to deal with it. Yeah. And now, you know what I say? Thank you for your service. You, Even if they were in the military. You know I just what? thank everyone for their service. Can I actually bring up, and so we, we Well, mentioned- I do want to say just really quickly, back to party plan. Yeah. Back, to, back to the flight home. Very right. quick flight. I asked for three vodkas, and the woman, she looked at me. Oh, now that I think about it, I'm a booze nerd. 
You're an alcoholic. I'm going to call it a booze nerd. <laughs> it's trending she, now. <laughs> she looked at me like I just dropped trow and released a huge dookie in the middle of the plate. Yeah. She thought I just did the most offensive thing in the history of the planet. Her face was just astonishing. But I was playing politics. I know how to negotiate the art of the deal. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. They gave me two. I saw she was chatting with her uh, airline, the other the air, the other airline waitress, and uh, they said just give them two. So, th- but you know what? That's all I wanted. That's all you wanted. You got what you wanted in the end. Anyway, so we did try to solicit questions, and uh, I and, and apparently we got one. We did. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you guys can send your questions to either me or Ben on Twitter if you want. Uh, me to ask Ben questions uh, on the podcast. <laughs> it's a hell of a hashtag. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I got one here from uh, Merciful Voodoo. So shout, big shout to Merciful Voodoo. Uh, the question uh, to Ben Kissel. Show question for Ben. Mm. How have you dealt with body image issues through your life because you seem so positive? Well, you know, it was a. Uh, it's interesting because first of all, we've talked a little bit about this as men. You know, it's not really a point of conversation. It's not expressed in the mainstream media or, or or in other outlets because, frankly, no guys want to hear about it. You know, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to bore people with it. But when I was okay, so we've talked a little bit about my growth spurts. I was always a huge kid, very bizarre, socially extremely awkward, lanky. I could I could feel my body growing every single day. I was five foot ten when I was in eighth grade. Then we got one summer. We got three months here. Mm-hmm. We're talking, you can't even, if you're, you know, you can't accomplish a lot in three months. Really nothing. Very, very yeah. little. You can't even get through an NBA season in three months. Yeah. You might be able to, I guess you could get through an NFL season or at the very least most of it. Uh, Yeah, but the 12. point is you probably shouldn't be growing how many inches? So that that three months I grew uh, a foot. Oh my I, well, God. almost a foot. I grew up, I was 5'10", and then my freshman year, I was six foot seven, And uh, so I was really freakishly uncomfortable, and I had a shaved head, and everyone called me Uncle Fester, uh, thank <laughs> you, or, or Lenny. Really not a lot of good, tall, um, uh, you know, um, characters out there for me to hang my hat on and be like, I'm like that guy. I had Brad Garrett, but let's be honest. He was the weird older brother that was constantly depressed like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. It was sad. All, all he was just a pathetic character. I had nobody uh, to look up to because I didn't really play sports that well. Right. I mean, I did try to play sports, but I didn't like to get tired. I didn't like to get winded. So one of the strange things, and then, of course, I was extremely fat. I had a huge food addiction. I used to take, and I think we've talked about this on the shows before, two frozen pizzas, put one on top of the other, <laughs> cover that with cheese. Now you got yourself a pie. That's a Ben Kissel frozen pizza special. Oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> It was so good, but you can imagine, and that's just what I would have before bed. So I was bullied mercilessly? Mercifully. Mercifully. I was mercilessly. Mercilessly. Yeah, Yeah. mercifully. They would have just shot me in the head in the Uh, back like a cow that went bad. Yes, that's merciful. That would have been nice. Yeah. So uh, my freshman year, and then it was a real nightmare because both my older brothers had gone. My oldest brother, who was 6'11", had graduated. My middle brother, he went out to Milan, Italy to model. Which, believe it or not, this small Catholic school in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, they thought that was kind of gay. <laughs> uh, and, and man, they really took that out on me. So, I mean, I don't think I've really gone into great detail, but there was, there was, you know, I did a thing called a dime drill, which was quite a hellacious, um, hellacious form of, uh, of being bullied and the constant taunts and things like that. So, and I was suffering from a uh, social, uh, social anxiety disorder at the same time. So that's where I was 
eating my feelings. And thank you, Hardee's. I love Hardee's. Sausage, sausage, uh, the, the old sausage uh, McMuffin, not McMuffin, whatever, the biscuit sausage. Sausage biscuit. That was one of the best thing, things that's ever happened. So uh, it was very difficult to get over it because I, you want to be alone. You want to be left alone. And one of the great things about being an of, uh, of average size, you can be. I mean, I understand the inverse of that is this is often why those types of people go shoot up to school because they're like, you never noticed me. Yeah. I didn't have to shoot up to school. Everyone was constantly taking uh, aim at me regardless. But I was noticed. That's why it's always like the shy, quiet kid who just, he just fit right in. It's very rarely the one who, um, you know, already has recognition of their own self uh, self being you know they 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 are every moment every every moment of their lives someone is just reaffirming the fact that they are in the room right you know right. regardless <laughs> of if they want to be in the room or not yeah so um so that's why i started to gain so much weight and the irony is when you uh do become fat uh or when when food is your addiction it's a strange irony where in reality you're trying to make yourself seem less significant so you you're you're trying to like make yourself um more invisible but <laughs> obviously you're not right you are making yourself the most visible i'm 6 foot 7 at at one point 380 pounds everybody saw me but in my mind i'm just like if i just eat this cheeseburger maybe i'll disappear <laughs> i'll go away yeah maybe they'll just all like leave me alone yeah. And let me just be. So it's been a long process. I still have a you know big um, some issues with it now because obviously after you lose uh, the the amount of weight that I lost, your skin never really goes back to order. I want to get this body contour surgery, but at the same time, I, I just feel like you know we've talked about it before. It it is just um, it's just physical. You know, it's just uh, you know, it's just um, what's that term? What do you call it? Cosmetic just cosmetic. So um, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but it, but you know, the thing is, uh, if you are having any sort of issues with, with your body, um, I have found that the majority of people uh, at the end of the day, they don't care. Yeah. You know, if you get somebody, you know, if you found yourself on a date and you end up in the same bed together, you know what? It doesn't matter. No one's complaining. Y- yeah. Well, yeah. I think you have to Meet some if you meet somebody who is a little uh, um, neurotic. That's when it kind of comes into like I've had. I hate to admit this, and I really hate to admit this, but I've had like there's been a a girl that I actually like liked, really liked, and was like this girl could maybe be my girlfriend. But then we went out, and I was like attracted to her, but I also in my head was like this girl is kind of fat. Sure, but I I I don't want to. I don't want that to deter me, but it does. You know what I mean? Well, you know, at the same time, you you can't uh, you know judge yourself too harshly for having a uh, you know for having a biological response towards the 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 physical. You know, I mean, physical beauty is a very important thing. I'm sure her personality could have been so amazing that you it would have been She's something great. that you could have gotten over. Yeah. Um, but at this point in our lives, at the end of the day, also there are so many options with right. Tinder and right, things like right, that. Right. We are, uh, you know, I'm, it might have been a much different experience for you if you were in upstate New York right. and or there Jersey. was eight other women in, in yeah. Jersey, and you're like, okay, you're a little heavy. Who cares? Right. Um, but nowadays, and and same goes for the women. I mean, every woman are just women are looking for that perfect guy, and men are looking for that perfect girl, and it's it's hard sometimes because I think the uh, people are much more ri- rigid in their ideas. Of what they want, and in reality, I think Sandra Bullock said it in some movie, or somebody did. We don't know what we want, sure. and uh, even if you see it, sometimes uh, you know I'm working on this now because I want to try to get into a relationship that has longevity, and I'm kind of almost almost in one. 
uh, now. Maybe I am. Maybe if she listens to this, maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe, <gasps> I, maybe I should say that I am in one. You are in one. Say you are in one. Oh, no, but then and if it, she is not into it. Then then the whole thing is ruined. But if she's not into it, then it's going to be ruined anyway. But I am trying to, you know, not just cut cut uh, tail and run, you know, because it's so easy to do in this culture, in this hookup culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more difficult uh, to, to stay because there are millions of people on your phone that are just like, I'll go on a date with you. Yeah. And they, so it's it, the options are just so many. Chris Rock did, was not wrong when he was like, men are as faithful as their options, although there are good men, and obviously morality comes into play and, and, and decisions, and, and uh, you know, we, we are not just, our, our penises don't guide every action that we have. Yeah. But um, nowadays, that used to be a wealthy man statement. Mm-hmm. The poorest of all the poor people are just like, I'm on Tinder, I have eight dates on Saturday. Yeah. And like, how are you affording that? Yeah. Found out they're paying. Uh, hot dogs. Uh, yeah, hot dogs. Hot dog. <laughs> well, kind of like doing what Dave Chappelle did in Half Baked, right. stealing from a blind uh, homeless person, doing something like that. So I, anyway, with, with but with the body issues, whatever you're going through, you can you can uh, achieve anything you want because I'll never forget the day I decided to lose 160 pounds was the day I couldn't tie my own shoes. And now you know what I hate doing tying my own shoes. Yeah. I think I made a bad choice. I should have kept the weight, done the Velcro. Catch 22. But I was 21. If you have if if you're wearing Velcro shoes at 21, that's kind of sad. That pretty much makes you a uh, middle aged person who is just making manager at Wendy's, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I had a slightly more different plan for my life. So let me ask you this, to just tie it all together with my complex with uh, the girl who was not really fat but still apparently too fat for me, and you wanting to wear Velcro shoes and getting to a relationship with longevity. Does life eventually just become settling into something comfortable? Yeah, because you get busy. Is that what Relationships it is? are a job. And when you have, I do six podcasts. We got to have a full-time job writing a TV show every single day. Yeah. And I'm on the TV show, multiple shows, constantly. Yeah, that's the. Those are the jobs to focus on. All these people going on dates, they're wasting time and wasting money, yeah. and they should be focusing on something else. Uh, so the one great thing, and then you actually get to have a relationship with someone who, um, you know, can they understand you? And they maybe I'm terrible with money. This chick that I'm seeing, very good with money. Yeah. So maybe she can like hook that up, make me because I'll buy trinkets. All I do, I just the buy the American flag, the waving flag, the waving flag. We all remember that episode. Mm-hmm. I just buy the the dumbest possible shit, and then I lose it. Yeah. I just buy it and I lose it constantly because I don't care for it in the beginning. Right, but you bought it. It's Impulse on sale. Buy, yeah, Impulse buys. So I think you get to kind of grow. I mean, I don't know. I will we'll keep you updated on that. I am not the relationship uh, relationship kind of guy. Uh, well, expert anyway. Yeah, I don't think either of us are to be honest, dude. No, definitely not. Um, so somebody did ask, I'm, I'm doing a segment now on, on, uh, on red eye also called ask red eye. And, uh, I can't read these because they were for me for, I can't read them on the show cause they're for me. But, uh, Facky, uh, at Fack and Peter says, uh, oh, would Fack you, and Peter. yeah, would you, re- would you rather fight 100 duck sized Ben Kissels or one Ben Kissel sized duck? So Mike, that question is to you. To me. Uh, what's the hundred, be- uh, hundred duck sized Ben Kissels. Or one Ben Kissel sized duck. Oh boy! Yeah, so I'm the size of a duck, and there's a hundred of me, or just one huge duck the size of me. I think the one big duck. I think that's easier too. You can't run away from a hundred ducks. No, and it's so just, one of them's gonna get you. It's terrifying. Yeah, and you can't really fight either of them because you're a giant, and the duck would be a giant, and it's a wild animal, so it'll definitely rip my face off in some capacity. Yeah, but a hundred of them also, it's like you can't fight off. 
you're going to have to run in each scenario. I agree. Ducks are the scariest. I don't know why. They every- really are. And they're, 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 they're penises. They're, they're vile. Yeah. They're vile things. Birds and I don't, just, ugh. Birds. Yeah. I hate, they're dinosaurs. They say yeah. they're dinosaurs. Yeah, you know? they are. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, I'm over, birds freak me out more than anything. Yeah. I can see a marmot. I saw a little mouse. We know mouse, Pudgy, Pudgy the mouse. I had him in my, in my apartment for a little while. He since has not come over in a while because maybe he's dead or maybe he found another uh, a mouse wife and they went to a different um, apartment to stay at. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was I had his I was his uh, college slumming apartment. Yeah, yeah, they're getting then, out of Williamsburg. Yeah, and then he <laughs> met going to Astoria. <laughs> yeah, then he met Wendy the mouse, and she's like, "Yeah, we got to get the hell out of this place. Yeah. It's disgusting." And then Pudgy was like, "But I like it here. This is where my my favorite croutons are here, <laughs> underneath the couch and whatnot." But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, I, I agree. Ducks, you can't mess with a duck, and. If you look what those geese are doing, they'll take down a plane. Dude, geese are... Have you ever been attacked by any kind of bird? I have been attacked by one duck. And it was in Stevens Point, Wisconsin when I was a kid. And we were feeding bread to it during the day. I should have been at school, but my mom thought that this was going to be a better life lesson. Yeah, it's educational. Yeah, to go through a white bread at ducks. And um, it was a nightmare scenario. And so I was running, I was running, I fell down a few times. Just like my grandmother used to do during the July 4th fireworks coming up on July 4th now. Mm-hmm. As soon as a firework would go off, my grandmother would if she would stand up first, she would start running, the fireworks would go off, then she'd fall right down like a like she was in Vietnam getting shot at by the Viet Cong. <laughs> so that was always kind of strange. Her pants would fall down. That's my thing with my grandmother. Her pants always fell down. No belt? I don't know what it was. She had a lot of elastic issues. Okay. She would literally stand up while I was playing basketball. Pants would fall down, and she'd just pick them up and never say anything. Like, no one talked about it. But it happened all the time. So, yes, I was attacked by a duck one time, and I acted like my grandmother, uh, minus the pants falling down part. But I ran, and I fell down multiple times, and it was a horrific, horrific situation. Overall, it sounds like a really bad... Which, I mean, don't be honest, childhood for you, but... No, it was a... But that's the great thing. It was actually a really fun time. Yeah. You know, my mom was a good person. So, yeah, we got to... Fe- and feeding the ducks as opposed to going to school, I'll take that any day. Yeah, school sucks. Don't go to school, kids. Well, especially not the Catholic school I went to. I We had uh, Sister Susan Bundy. She was wild. We used to call her King Kong Bundy. Mm. And she would pick her nose and eat it in class. I oh, think we've talked about God. that before. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, the lesbian nun who taught us uh, sex ed. But that was, uh, they made me say penis. They made me say penis like 30 times in front of the class because every time she would say it, I would laugh. Yeah. And then she said, come up to the front of the class and say penis. And I just had to say penis, 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 penis. And then the class laughed. At you. At me saying penis. <laughs> I was like, what kind of torture is this? You're not supposed to tell kids to say penis. You should scold kids for saying penis. Yeah. But she made me say it so many times. I don't even know what happened. Maybe she was straight afterwards. She was trying to teach you a lesson. That the penis isn't funny. Or the other way around, that the word penis is really hilarious. Yeah, that's I a mean, good point. And and it, what greater experience would teach you that the word penis said 30 times in a row really fast is hilarious? Yeah, that's a good you point. Know? I agree. It's preparing you for your career as a comedy writer and comedian. That's true. That was my first so, comedy set, and it really you. did. I did go go from that was the most that is the most base comedy stand up set you could ever have. Mm. The name of the piece is penis, mm-hmm. and then the, every word is penis. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if I did that on stage today, it would still get a laugh. It would still get a laugh. If I did it for what's a good a nice size bit 
two minutes. A 90 full seconds. Bit? A yeah, full two, bit. Like two and a half minutes. 90 seconds of penis. That would crush. Yeah. I would be the next Louis C.K. Yeah. And then my next album, of course, would just be uh, something about kneecaps. Kneecap or vagina. No, let's no. not get dirty you don't with it. You want to go too blue. No, let's not go too I want to. No, now I'm trying to pivot out of my penis. I'm, You're growing as young. an artist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about, talking about forearms, random foreheads, yeah. maybe do a chin bit. Yeah. It was just me saying chin. Yeah. This is actually a really good idea. I think you should try it. Yeah, we could try it. We could actually record it and be, that could be my first comedy album. Yeah. Yeah. Ben yeah. Kissel, Inside and Out. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what we're going to call it. Who cares? I think it's a perfect way to go. Yep. So uh, a lot of crazy things have been happening. So many fun things. I want to th- uh, thank you to Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this show. Let's wrap it up, Mike. Yeah. Um, that's Mike Coscarelli. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. That's Listen right. to his podcast, The Social Villains. It's very, very fun. Mm. And uh, check out Abe Lincoln's Top End, Cave Comedy Radio, uh, a Roundtable of Gentlemen on Cave Comedy Radio, Last Podcast on the Left, and of course, uh, the Red Eye Podcast. And I might start doing a show for Fox News Radio with our good friend Catherine Timpf. Is that true? Yeah. So that might be coming out here uh, in the near future. And um, we have the live uh, last podcast on the left show this Saturday at the Creek in the Cave coming up July 2nd. It's at 10 p.m. Come out. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun, get entirely too intoxicated, and the whole world will be a better place. Yeah. Usually that's what happens when you get drunk. That's it. Fun. Fun. Yeah. That's it. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.